0: information. It's not that we would acquire intellectual information. It's the point is change. And this is where the challenge is for the church because the world just fills its head with information. And we can do that as his people. But that's not the goal. The goal is change. The goal is that we would experience and know more of him today than when we did a year ago, than what we did five years ago, than what we did the day we committed our life to this person who saves us. And so the challenge with that is we have to ask some big questions around, am I changing? Am I a different person than the one I was? Greg, are you different to when you met Christ 17 years ago? Do you have more love in you? Are you more generous? Do you pray more? Are you spending more time with him? Do you read more? Do you consume more? Do you love more? Are you patient now when you weren't? See, if 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 we're not changing, then we actually have to confront the real issue and say, I'm not sure if we're truly following. We may think we are, and we may turn up to meetings and discipleship groups and prayer meetings, but that's not the goal, is it? That's not the goal to turn up. The goal is change. The goal is life. There is an indestructible life that is to be found in Christ and Christ died and rose again, that his people would find this indestructible life that is found in him, a life in the Spirit. A life where, as we are called to be ambassadors, we are demonstrating. So like we've said, this wisdom of God is the demonstration of God through a changed life and changed lives. Called the church. And you know it's it's okay to look at big questions. It's okay to address the big questions. Why? Because, as Haley beautifully put it, God's love has covered us. So while we are on the process of change, his love Covers that we can look at those big questions. Are you tracking with me? So we're, we're able to look at any question and every question that he wants to raise because his love covers. He says, Nothing can separate you from me. And I guess this is one of the one things I, I as a framework for today. I I wanna I wanna lay because everything he does is for us. Everything he wants to show you is for you. To bring him glory. So every sensitive issue that he wants to unlock and unveil and show you and shine light on is for freedom. It's not to hinder you. It's not to hold you. It's not to bring you into fear. It's to release you to be you. Him in you. It's to guide you into this indestructible life. That's how much he loves you and I, that he's prepared to be so patient with us for his grace to cover us while he shows us areas of our lives that need to change because they are holding us and preventing us from becoming the people he longs for us to become. Does that make sense? So he's in your team. We're all in one another's team. I've I've shared this analogy before, and and, and excuse me, because I just, I love football, and so I share football analogies, but there was a guy that used to play for Liverpool, and his name was Luis Suarez, one of the best three players in the world, and uh, he had a little bit of a biting issue, but, you know, we could forgive that, but anyway, I wish I'd been there and could have laid hands on that, healed him, and he would have stayed at Liverpool, but... Guy was phenomenal. You know, there are some people that are good and there are people that are just great and they're just a gift and, you know, you can't coach what he had. But I wonder how his other teammates felt. Did they feel threatened by him because he was so good? Or did they feel at peace because they said, man, we've got Luis Suarez in our team. Would you rather play with Luis Suarez or not? Because he was so phenomenal, but because he was so phenomenal, that can make me feel insecure because, you know, I can't do those back flicks and I can't beat four players and then tuck the ball into the top-hand corner. I'm just a defender. You know, all I know how to do is tackle guys and maybe hoof it when we get in trouble. But how many people know that's a vital part of someone who's playing in a football team? But the reality is that do I want Luis Suarez in my team or not? Well, I want him in my team. And God's in our team. And we are in one another's team. But So often we can, we can have this, you know, well, yeah, but you know, no, you're not in my team or, or, or whatever. And you're in another team and, you know, and we compare. And then we, when we compare, we fear comes because we compare. Well, I'm not like Louis Suarez. Well, you're not supposed to be like Louis Suarez, but I'm, I'm, I'm not like Chris Riddington. but you're not supposed to be like Chris Riddington. Because you're Bella Reddington. Oh. And we have to settle the fact that God, out of his love, wants us to come into the fullness of life as sons. But because of that, he's going to have to show us some things in our heart and our minds that we need to be released from. Because Jesus came to set us free, He came to make us free. And for us to be like him and to live from his dimension. Amen? So he is the son of God, yes? Right. So he is the son of God. He is the demonstration of the perfect son, yes? And then he sends us the spirit of sonship, yes? And we are adopted into his family, yes? So then we look at the son as the demonstration of what wisdom is, yes? Then we look at our own lives and go, well, I am a son too, so he is the perfect son. He's the perfect model of what my life is to reflect, yes? So if he lives a certain way on the earth, I'm to live from that way, correct? If he thinks a certain way, I'm to think a certain way. If he does certain things, I'm to do it his way. Because he is the perfect model of sonship. And I've received the spirit of sonship through the adoption of his blood for me to demonstrate what perfect sonship looks like. That all makes sense. Lord, I pray that would hit us like a ton of bricks. In our heart and our mind that we would see you and realize that I've been bought with blood to live a life like the Son did. And I'm on a journey of becoming perfect like my heavenly father is perfect, like Matthew teaches me. Not perfect from the world's perspective, perfect from your perspective. Perfect to be mature as the son was mature in the way he thought, the way he spoke, the way he heard, the way he acted, maturity to the fullness of having christ in me that i may be the demonstration and we as a church may be the demonstration of you on the earth so lord renew our minds today renew our heart positions today when we look at this topic called family and how you saw family and what you spoke about family and what you demonstrated about family father i want that to be my reality I no longer want to live from my perspective, Father. I want to have my mind renewed and my heart changed to live from your perspective. Because that perspective brings me life and life abundant. Mine does not, yours does. And I don't want any person or anything binding or holding my heart more than yours. And so, Father, as we ask this, I pray your Holy Spirit which is present with us and lives in us, would guide us from the inside out into change and transformation. Because wisdom, Father, is the demonstration of your life in and through us as sons. And we know you love us, and we know nothing can separate us from your love. Our behavior does not separate us from you. I thank you that you have sealed us so we all belong. I thank you, Father, out of belonging, we believe. And out of believing, our behavior starts to modify to the incredible pattern of your son. And so, God, I thank you that there is grace and time and patience for that work to be established in our hearts. For you know every hair on our head, you know the time that you've given each of us. And I pray, Lord, with wisdom, we would not be wasting those days, but we would be diligently, intentionally pursuing you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving you from this reality. I ask and we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Matthew eleven nineteen. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. don't have this one, my friend at the moment. (laughs) Now, the guys who do AV are phenomenal, especially when it comes to trying to follow me, Uh, because I give them this PowerPoint, and half the time I don't even speak to it, and then sometimes I speak down here and come back here, so I just want to acknowledge them for the phenomenal work they do. Um, Yeah. So wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Isaiah 55-8 says his ways are not our ways. Let's just come with me to have a look at that. Isaiah 55-8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So two foundation blocks. One, everything God does is for our own benefit. Okay. Seal that today as we look at his look on family. Everything, everything he does is for our own benefit. Everything he allows. Is for our own benefit. Why? Because our ways, number two, are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. None of us start in the lane of God, do we? We all live from the flesh model. We all live from the wisdom of the world. When we are born, you will naturally live from the wisdom of the world. That's what separates you from him because you're in the kingdom of darkness, yes? We all are born into the kingdom of darkness and we're having it living in us. And so none of us think like God, none of us know God, none of us love God. Until God decides to draw you unto himself and start to renew every heart, attitude and mindset that you currently have. That's why the only way to know God for who he is is when you come through that process. If you try and come to know God through the wisdom of the world, you will go nowhere and you won't be able to demonstrate anything apart from the wisdom of the world. So he says as a precursor to coming to know him, hey, people, my people, guess what? Your thoughts, they are not mine. Your thoughts on family, unless they are renewed, will not be my thoughts, even though family is from me. See, this is where the trick is. Everything comes from God, everything's given to to us by God, but then we must give it back to God for God to define it. Otherwise, who defines it? We do. So you'll end up defining something that's His in your thoughts, not His. In your ways, not His. And those things entangle us, but His ways free us. Who wants to be free? Who wants to be free from every person here? Everything. Every other passion. For then God to realign that and then plug that back in. Maybe not every passion, could every passion could be killing you. Okay, so he's declaring his realm, his reality, sorry. Nor are your uh, ways my ways. Say, my ways aren't God's ways. Unless God has revealed his ways in me. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. That's pretty high, isn't it? I think he's painting a pretty big picture of how high that is. Anyone been to heaven lately? Was it a long way? We're trying to get there, aren't we? Spaceships and all that stuff. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. So, we have the mind of Christ. Yes? Do we live from the mind of Christ? Because like I said last week, we love to throw this around like, well, I have the mind of Christ. Okay, awesome, great. Now, if you have the mind of Christ, do you live from the mind of Christ? Because what would be the point of having the mind of Christ but never living from the mind of Christ? Wouldn't that be leading you into a a false reality in the wrong way? So what would be the point of having $10 billion in the bank and never spending any of it but knowing you've got it? It's a waste of time, isn't it? Hey, I want you to give to Cambodia. No, but you've got 10 billion dollars in the bank. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. You can see it right in front of you. Look at your deposit slip. There it is. No, that's not my deposit slip. That's someone else. No, look, it's got your name on it. Is your name Greg Simnor? Yes. Do you live at 18 B Bodman Terrace? Yes. Is your wife Danielle something? Yes, then that's yours. No. Eh? I reckon that's how God looks down on us. I'm not a son. Yes, you are a son. No, I'm not a son because I did ABC last week. doesn't matter. I'm not generous. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. I, 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 I'm not. Well, he says you are. So there's the wrestle and the challenge, isn't it? Because are we going to be led by our thoughts when it comes to one thing this morning? I mean, I mean I'm talking about everything, but this morning, family or his? Do we see as sons, because we're all sons, male or female. Do we see through that filter or do we still see through an unrenewed filter? So those two foundational keys, I'm just going to say them. If you're writing them down, one, everything he does and allows is for us because of love. He has our best interest at heart because he died and he paints this picture in the sky of the heavens of the glory of God and says, hey, my people, this is who we've been called to be now and the future. And so I have to go and take you all through a process so you become these things that you are, these people that you are. Cool? The second thing is, by the way, your ways aren't mine, so I've got to renew your mind as part of the process, deal with things in your hearts, things that you've allowed to get into your hearts that are greater than me, so you can become those people and so you don't say no When I come to you and call you to something greater because of the things entangled in your heart, you can't go. Clear so far? Cool. Okay. So here's just some questions. What does this demonstration of wisdom look like when it comes to family? So we've talked about the demonstration. The wisdom of God is the demonstration of God. So what would someone look like who's living from the wisdom of God when it comes to family, knowing that Jesus is our perfect model, yes? What does it look like to live our lives from Jesus' position when it comes to family? What does it look like and sound like to live from the mind of Christ when it comes to family? So once again, God has given us the perfect model called his son, So we don't get lost. We don't have to recreate anything. We just have to see and hear the true picture that God is painting. That will be a challenging picture, depending on where you're at with him and the knowledge that you truly carry of God. Because the reality is the truth. Someone can go, amen, preach it. Man, give me that and I can feel that and that's hitting me and that's, that's pretty full on, but I feel the life of that because Jesus said to those in John 6, the words I'm speaking when I said, eat my flesh and drink my blood are words of the spirit. And a whole lot of people said, who can listen to this stuff? Who can even bear what the man is saying? Has he lost his mind? We don't drink blood. He can't be who he says he is. Who can listen to this garbage? Well, Peter goes, you know what? We not only believe you're the son of God, we've come to know. And the Bible says in that passage that many of his disciples left them that day. A disciple is someone who studies to become like the teacher, the rabbi. So a whole lot of disciples decided they were going to leave the rabbi. Do you reckon they knew what they were doing? I'm not sure if they knew what they were doing. I'm not sure if we know what we're doing half the time. When stuff comes, truth comes, and it might offend or it might be his perspective because it's not our perspective, and now we hear it through the filter of our perspective, we say the same thing. Who can listen to this? Be quick to hear. Be someone who is quick. James 1.19. Do not be someone like the natural man who goes and looks at his face and then forgets what he looks like and who he is because he looks through the natural lens. Be someone who sees who they are in the spirit and it's thankful because you know God's loving you and got you on a process of change and transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's go to Luke 2, 29 to 35. Luke 2, 29, 35. And by the way, I mean, as I said last week, I'm, this, this is actually going to be a two part message again. Um, and so, um, in trying to Cull everything. Um, I'm having to, uh, just, what I thought was going to be one is going to be two. So I'm, Danny and I and the kids are going to Australia on Wednesday, uh, yeah, for two weeks, uh, going to hit some sun. And, um, and then when I come back, I'm going to be doing preaching part two. So that's on the 11th of, uh, of October. Um, and so what I hope to do in this one is paint you a picture of Christ's perspective. And then in two weeks' time I'm gonna tackle some of the bigger questions and say, so what does that now look like for our reality? What does that look like? And and ask us some questions around what 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 do we have in here that could be preventing us from living this standard out that I'm gonna talk about today? Is that cool? Um and there might be a bit of crossover today as well. So um, so here we go. This is uh, Luke two twenty nine. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant. So this is Simeon the prophet speaking to depart in peace according to your word. 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be oppressed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul." to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be what revealed god is no respecter of person when we our priorities are greater than his can you hear what i'm saying he is he his first place priority is the most important thing to him And we must all surrender to that. So he's even saying to, Simeon's saying to Mary right now, do you know what, Mary? You've given birth to this boy. Don't get too comfortable. Don't think he's yours. Don't bind him around your heart and live for him. Because he's going to challenge Israel. Israel. He's going to challenge everybody on the planet. Many are going to rise and many are going to fall because of what this young boy, this man, my son, is going to demonstrate. Live and say. So very, very, very early on, in his life, God is showing his mother something. And he's showing us something about this person, God, called Jesus Christ. And the challenges, and as it says, he's going to reveal what's in the heart of man. How many people have read the prophetic booklet that we gave out? Who can tell me what one of the words in there was in relation to what I just said? Every heart will be exposed for what's in it. Why though? To shame that heart? No. To show that heart the things that are binding that heart to prevent that heart from coming into indestructible life in Christ to show that heart the things that that heart has got entangled in it because he says, love me with all your heart so you can experience all of life. If I don't have all, you're not going to experience all. So love comes to show his mother something and warns her. He gives her a pre-warning to walk and hold this child lightly because he is not yours. You've just been chosen to bring this baby through but he is not yours he is mine none of our children are ours they are his yes they are gifts but do you and I love the gift or the gift giver more did Isaac and Abraham did Abraham love the gift giver or the gift more and what was he prepared to do sacrifice the gift. But it was the gift that had been promised for 25 years. That's a long time to get that entangled in your heart if you're desperate to have a child, isn't it? See, what happens is when we become so desperate and live our lives for the things that are of God, but God wants to define them and we don't let them, you can get hurt, disappointed, frustrated disillusioned because you're living for something that ultimately is in him but isn't him if you can hear what i'm saying you're living for something and when it doesn't happen or it happens but not in your time and then he says right now you've got it you need to give it back to me no wait. it took me so long to even get here you're not getting it but that's actually controlling you and binding you and to be totally free Hey, Mary, you've got to give the son back because he's never yours in the first place. See, so there's some things that we have to wrestle with if we truly want to come into the life that we may not even know exists today. So here's the other challenge. None of us may actually know of the life that's actually for us because we may not have a reference point for it because all we have is the reference point for the lives we currently live. Does that make sense? So there could be a joy in him that none of us are yet to experience because we haven't journeyed that by faith. It's known to him, but it's unknown to us, so you don't even know there's a life in Christ yet for you because you maybe and we haven't actually stepped out of where we are in faith to experience, oh my goodness, you mean this living hope, that scripture I read out at the start. That could be completely and utterly irrelevant for you Or it could be completely irrelevant and you're doing a jig and a dance going, come on, keep preaching this thing, I'm in this thing. And you look at that person going, what a nut job, man. Settle down, pal. Bit of flesh coming out there, looks all a bit feeling led. And you're going, that ain't feeling led, man. That is the knowing of God in me and I'm excited. Because I've come into an indestructible life, a life in the spirit that is so phenomenal and it's setting me free and making me free from worry and anxiety and stuff and money and key people and things. And I'm almost like I'm walking on air and nothing is touching me. And the other person goes, but I got no reference point for that. So that's got to be flesh. Well, are you discerning, discerning that in the spirit or the flesh? We have to be the most joyful people on the planet even through hard times. Why? Because joy's got nothing to do with happiness. Nothing to do with happiness. It's joy. That's why it's not called happiness. It's called joy. That's why peace has nothing to do with whether there's a big earthquake or not, but everything to do with what's happening in your heart and your mind. But you may not have experienced that in your relationship with Christ yet because you haven't gone deep enough with him for him to reveal that. And that is a true reality that exists. And if we don't want to face that, then we are being very unwise because there's things that we need to face because he has the fullness of life for us, yes? Why? Because he loves us and he's covering us. And go, You can step out of your known into an unknown zone to experience more of me through the power of me, not through your ability to find me, but through my ability to lead you into me, the spirit of truth leads us into all truth, will teach us all things. So he's really challenging his mother here. I don't even know whether Mary even knows it because as you keep reading. You know, they give him a hard time when he's 12 and he's in the temple. And they come and they tell him off. And he says, where did you think I was going to be? In my father's temple. What was his father's name? What was his physical father's name? Was he in Joseph's house? So who's he talking about? But you've got to honor your mum and dad. Well, I am. But it doesn't look like you are because your mum's giving you a hard time. Yeah, but that's because she can't see. She's got no ability to see who I'm called at the moment and who I'm called to be. And that's the prophecy that was fulfilling right here. She's getting a bit angry with me and her heart's being revealed because she can't see. But she's going to see and she's going to know because she's on a process of change and transformation. But at the moment, she's got no clue. Well, that's us. And if we're not humble enough to admit that, then we're in trouble. When we won't be going anywhere. In fact, we're going the opposite way to the way we should be going. And so, there's some big things. Um, Come with me to Matthew 12. This is one of the passages that is reasonably full on. Matthew 12, verse 46. Do you know what happens when your heart gets revealed? Do you know what your natural man wants to do? Wants to do the Usain Bolt. He stops at 100 meters, we keep going. That's what the natural man wants to do when God says, I want to reveal. The spirit man stays and goes, come on then, Reveal. Why? Because I know you love me. And I know I belong. And I know you're for me. And I know you want to show me whatever you want to show me for me. Because it's holding me back. So we need to be people that stay and don't run. Yeah? Our natural response is to get out of there. Because our perception is completely wrong. And twisted. While he, Jesus, was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Someone said to him, look, behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. So how are you feeling right now if you're Mary and his family? When he says, you know what? These people, I've grown up with them. This woman brought me into life. These guys and my mother, my sister and my brother. Because they're the ones doing my father's will. Is all spiritual families supposed to be doing the will of the father? So is he pointing out something here? Is he pointing out that some aren't doing the will of the Father and other people are? Is that possible for us? To be living our lives doing the will of the simnors in the name of Jesus, but not the will of the Father? Possibility? Great. Because it's a reality as well that we have to contend for and wrestle with. And he's laying something so profound down here, it's quite scary. Why? Because he's no respecter of person again. He's a respecter of those doing his will. He loves all, and all have come from him, but he's setting a standard. Jesus sets standards. Did you realize that? So we think he's this unconditional love, and it is, but there's no standards attached to it. So once he brings you in, once he saves you and brings you into his realm, he goes, now it's about obedience to my ways because your ways are not my ways. So in unconditional agape love got you in. And the more you know that, the more you will naturally want to lay down your life to fulfill his will and let go of yours. And the more you're in his love, the more you see as he sees. So I say this. Lily and Madeline are my sisters in Christ before they are my daughters. Who can listen to this? Danielle is my sister in Christ. Here is my sister in Christ. Here are my sisters in Christ. Here are my brothers in Christ. Here is my spiritual family. My natural family are my spiritual family. Okay? But you may have natural family that aren't spiritual family. But I'm going to say it again. Are Danielle, Lily, Maddie, and myself, are we really being spiritual family, doing the will of the Father? Or are we spiritual family doing the will of the simnos? We do good Christian activity, but we ain't doing the will of the Father. We turn up on Sunday, we give money, we we do what good Christian people do. We're just not doing the will of the Father. Now that is part of, you can hear what I'm saying, I'm going to ask you to hear in the Spirit. That was my whole message last week, to hear what I'm saying in the Spirit. And so you may need to go away and ask, if you're going, what is he even talking about? Don't write it off. Go away and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if it's him speaking. We're so quick to write it off because we don't understand it in our carnal mind. That's called being an unwise virgin right there. So he's setting a different standard to the way he sees it. He is the son, isn't he? And we are sons. So we have been adopted in. Are we to think like this? I think so. Are we to demonstrate this reality? I think so. I think I'm to demonstrate what that looks like as the head of my home, as the leader of this community. If there's anyone that better be demonstrating something, it's me. If I'm not demonstrating it, go home, put your bag away and just not bother. Because I know about, I don't know about you, but I don't I don't need any more waffle and I don't need any more saying something that's not being lived out. The church is full of that and I'm sick of that. I don't know about anyone else. I'm sick or tired of titer. people saying one thing and living the opposite to what they say. Now there's grace for transformation, so please hear me. There is grace for that work, but not a prideful heart that spouts a whole lot of rubbish and then can't demonstrate it. In fact, lives the opposite. And so, once again, he's declaring something to us and he's saying this, that Spiritual family is not defined through bloodline. It's not defined through bloodline. Your bloodline might be your spiritual family, but it's not defined by that. It's defined by those who are doing the will of the Father. Lord, Lord, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, but they did not enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they were not doing the will of the Father. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Abraham, he had faith and deeds and he demonstrated it with the handing over of his son. Faith without deeds is, but I don't want you to go run around now and try and make this happen in your physical flesh. Right. He said, I've got to stop doing this and he's got to stop doing that. And I've got to stop do this. Give me the five step plan to do everything. And now you go about, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the more we come into Christ, the more you will naturally flow and the works will outflow through faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit and you will find yourself demonstrating the realm. You won't have to figure out how to, you'll be demonstrating it because he's in you and you know how to when he's in you. And the works just naturally come out of you. So when you are asked to give up a child, you go, yes, Lord, Why? Because you know that he has the power to raise that child up if he decides. You've been set free because it's never been about bloodline. So why do we live so much of our lives through bloodline? Why is bloodline way more important than doing the will of the Father? Because there's a true reality that's being outplayed that we need to acknowledge. Because if we never acknowledge it, then it just continues on. And so, once again, we're living this way, going this way, living our whole lives, and at the door is death. And I should have been going this way. And the door over there is death. And he loves us so much that he tries to, he's going, he's over this side going, yo, Greg. Over here and I'm over there going. No, I don't want to look at that. Doesn't make any sense that. I know because you're trying to think of it and understand it through your ways. And your ways are not my ways, and my ways are as high as the heavens to the earth. Yeah, but you don't understand. Because this, this, and this and this. You see, yeah, yeah, I saw all that happen. I understand that, son. But there's more. Will you let go of that stuff? Will you let me come and heal that stuff? Will you let me into that stuff? So I can realign you here. Why? Because this is what I die for you to experience. Why? Because I love you and everything's for you. And he's setting a very clear benchmark around what his family looks like so as a father once again I want to stress I'm not leaving my family behind I'm taking them on the journey this is what we've done Okay, physical family, got to go now got to go win the world for Jesus (laughs) broken marriages, broken children broken lives I don't think that's what he meant I think he meant this Hey, Danielle, Lily, and Maddie, this is the standard that Jesus lives by. I have these conversations with my children. I tell them that I love them way more than than I love them. I tell them, and I believe that every word will not come back void. I can't change their heart, but I can pray that what I'm saying goes deep. And so as a family, we're all living for a much higher calling, a much higher order in Christ. So I'll share them the scriptures and I'll explain what he's saying to them. Why? So they start their lives being free of a reality that I was not. They start their lives in the right position, knowing from the start, not to get entangled, not to to have to give your heart to this and your heart to that to find love and all these things not to have, sorry, be so desperate to have these things because that somehow completes you as a person. He completes us. That's what he's been doing for six years, Sh- rattling, shaking the things that our lives are built on in our hearts so we can actually have him as the whole. It's not that he says you don't love them. He says in other scriptures, you love them more. Do you love them more than me? Because if you love them more than me, that is a mindset that's going to be lived out. So you'll go that way instead of going that way. And when I ask for something greater, you know what? You'll base your choices and your decisions and your priorities on what you love more than me. So what we should be saying yes to, we say no to. Why? Because the cost is too great. that make sense? Mm-hmm, it's very quiet. Jesus' first place priorities are those who do the will of his Father and not with the needs and the well-being of his physical family. Someone said to his mother, Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. See, this is just something tiny. They want to speak to me saying, No, no, just tell them to hold off for a minute. I'm going to declare something because what I'm about to declare is more important than their needs right now. Now, hear what I'm saying. As a loving father, I'm going to supply. As a loving father, that is my responsibility to take care of. Don't hear I'm just, ah, flag it all and... That's stupidity. What I'm saying is there's a wrestling for a position in the spirit that we live from because wisdom is demonstrated... It's not about whether these things are good or bad. It's where is my heart at? Have these things got my heart? There is nothing wrong with having children. They are a gift from God, but do they have my heart? There is nothing wrong with having a wife or a husband getting married. It's institutionalized by the father. But do they have my heart? Who has the center cornerstone of my heart, Christ or somebody else? Because whichever way it goes, you'll be living from that reality. And that's the wrestle. And we are living not in the fullness of the life that he calls to bring us into. We say blood is thicker than water. But this is the earth's ways. When we should say spirit is thicker than blood. And be living from this position as this is God's ways. It's got me to Hebrews seven. Time flies, man, eh? I reckon this is probably gonna be about a ten part message. <laughs> um Hebrews seven eleven. Hebrews seven eleven. Now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood. For on the basis of it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not to be designated according to the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Okay? So Christ living his life accustomed to the order of Melchizedek. All right, Come across now to 7, 1 to 3. So 7, 1 to 3. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth part of all his spoils, was first of all, by the translation of his name, King of Righteousness, and then also King of Salem, which is King of Peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. People understood what we just read? There's a lot of big words, eh? So, Christ is of the order of Melchizedek. That is an order without genealogy, without mother, without father. It's of a spiritual line, because Christ was not from the Aaronic line, The physical line, he was from a tribe of Judah, not the Levite. And he's of an order of the indestructible life, which is a life in the spirit. So Christ is the son, yes? You and I are sons, yes? Are we called to be priests? Guys with dog collars? Spiritual priests of the same line of Jesus. Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek. It is an order of no genealogy. No mother or father. It is not an order of bloodline. It is an order of the spirit. Yes, there is a genealogy. Yes, I've come from the loins of my mother and my father. Yes, there is a physical bloodline that runs on the order and there is a spiritual one at the same time running. Which one are we living our lives from? The physical line or the spiritual line? One is an indestructible life in Christ of the spirit. The other one is just a physical lineage. And the church is called to live her life from the spirit, not the flesh. And God is wrestling, trying to wrestle us from the physical to live in the spiritual, even though we're here in the planet in a physical body. So what order are we living from? Because one binds you up and the other one releases you. Why? Because you know that Lily and Maddie are not mine. So I am free of them. I'm so free of them, it's beautiful because I can love them freely. We had this amazing conversation. I've shared this before, but I'm going to show it again. And Madeline was about six, and we were going to school. I was taking them to school and Lily to childcare. And she says this to me. I'm driving, and I remember where it was. I was at the lights. I was near your place, Keith. I was at the lights there on Gray's Road in State Highway 1, and we're waiting. And Madeline says, she says, Dad, she says, you're not really my father, are you? I'm like, eh? Hey? She says, you're not really my father, are you? I said, what do you mean by that, sweetheart? She said, well, you, you are my father, but God is my father. He is my father, really, isn't he? And I said, that's right, honey. Absolutely. How did you know that? She said, oh, an angel came to me last night in my dream and was teaching me. I'm like, you know, like I think the lights must have gone green and red and green and red and green and red. I'm <laughs> eh, 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 like, eh? Yeah, an angel came and, we were, and it was teaching me. She said, "And and we only have one teacher, and that's Jesus Christ, eh, Dad? I'm like, I'm doing a dance. My my daughter's in in something that half the church has not even caught onto, and she's six. And I'm like, mate. And she says, so, yeah, really? Yes, you are my dad, but you're really not my dad. And Lily, as quick as a flash, says, great, I can have them all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> to which Madeline goes, no, 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 I didn't, no, 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 no. And we had a bit of a laugh and we carried on and life continued on. Matthew 23, 8 to 10. But do not be called rabbi. One is your teacher. And you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on your earth father. For one is your father. He who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders. For one is your leader. That is Christ. I'm spending a lot of time with my my girls, and, and and saying, guys, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And I want to lead you into this reality more and more. And you've heard me say, I love God more than I love Danielle. And I say this in love, and she's cool with this, the gap is heaven and earth. And it's right, because then she gets to experience the love of the Father coming through me. And I think she would give testimony to the fact that the Greg, over the last six years of the Greg she married, is a different Greg. There's a different love being administered in the home. There's certainly a greater patience, a believing, and a hoping, and a persevering. And that's what I'm hoping his grace and, and his love is doing, and, I'm becoming more of a demonstration for not only my own kids but for you guys because it's a demonstration of something. And he's saying, you know what, you're not my mother, my brother. You are physically and I want to lead and guide you into this other reality. And I find what's beautiful, and Mel gave me this as I was sharing with Mel what I'm talking about, that in John, you see Mary and John at the cross. And Jesus defines it all. And he says, brother, actually, I'm going to read it so I don't butcher it. Um, John nineteen twenty-five, And this is what I'll finish on. John 19, 25. Uh, but standing by the cross of Jesus, were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. So you can see this beautiful spiritual dimension, reality, Jesus' mindset here. And because of that, you then see this beautiful need that is going to get met, that this John is going to take his physical mother into his home, and she's becoming his mother. So do we have eyes and ears to see God's perspective in that scripture because it's not like saying oh well flag all their needs away and who cares he's saying no no you know we're to take care of the poor we're to take care of the widow we're to take care of the practical we're just not to be living from the fleshly practical way we're to live from the spirit realm and have that define all that and so we're living for a much higher order not allowing any person or anything to have the centerpiece in our heart. Because if we do, it will limit your indestructible life now on this planet. Because you'll be living for something else. You'll be living for your high order, what you love. And once again, I just want to stress, it's okay to be there today. It's okay. Because his love covers. And once again, he's showing us more and more of his way so we can just naturally flow and transition into his way. And so his love, his grace, his mercy, his patience covers. But then he says this, now that you know, because we all know, don't we? We're all being truthful. We all know where our hearts are at. We know what we love and what we don't love. And so he says, are you prepared to recognize it? and that's what he's been trying to do and he's doing will you recognize what's being said yes Lord will you then acknowledge it because there's power in the acknowledgement of a true state so will you now give it life words have life words have death will you actually acknowledge what you're recognizing yes Lord then some will you repent will you turn Back to me and my ways, because your ways are not mine, and ask, seek, and not to receive, through the power of my spirit, me. And if I receive more of God, you know what has happens? That gets dealt with. That's how. This is how you change. You receive more of Him through that process I just gave you. So, if you want to, how to recognize? acknowledge by faith, repent, ask, seek, and knock to receive more of him, now you're living it out. Liverpool no longer has this love that's first. My wife no longer has the love that's first. My children, my, my sport, my career, my money. How did that happen? because you recognized, acknowledged, repented and asked and he was faithful that's your how-to right there for everything everything amen so I'm going to ask you to be bold right now and I'm going to ask you to stand if you know that he is not the center of your world And you're currently holding someone or something else there. And then I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge it. You can do that out loud. You can do it from your heart. Then I'm going to ask you to repent and ask God to forgive you of it. And then ask for more. And then I'll just pray a covering over all of us. So we can do that by faith, let's do it now. So if you want to stand, don't need to. There's no pressure. But if you want to stand, acknowledge this being led by him. So by standing, you're saying to God, you recognize you're loving other people or stuff more than him. You're recognizing it today. Now what he would do is say, acknowledge it, speak it out loud, either to um, just speak it out, um Speak it to yourself. The Bible's powerful. It does say if you confess to another your sin, because this is what it is, it's a sin. Anything that's not of faith is a sin. There's power in that. There's a prayer of a righteous man that comes to heal if we acknowledge it to others. So if you feel like you want to acknowledge it to others, people beside you, do that. There's no fear here. It's a safe place to be real and authentic. And then ask them to forgive you. And then ask for more of him to show you to do the work in your heart. So Let's just do that now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you see every person, every heart. You love us all. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for the absolute humility and transparency of everyone's standing, the vulnerability to stand in front of you and others. That very thing breaks the fear off us, and Lord, as we have recognized where we're at today and acknowledged it before you, Lord, we just ask that you'd forgive us for having people, children, loved ones, in-laws, stuff in us more than you. And we turn to you this morning and we ask you to change us, to alter us, to fill us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would pour your love into every heart that is standing. Holy Spirit, through your power, I ask that we would receive more of you so we're able to be the demonstration of you. We acknowledge our absolute dependency on you for change, but we ask, we seek, and we knock with all we have, and we rest in the fact. We rest and we wait on you for your work to be done. So we ask by faith And we give you our heart by faith this morning. Lord, we make a decision to give you our heart today, all of our heart. Cleanse our heart, clean our heart. May all the leaven come out of our heart. Sweep our heart clean. Sweep the house clean, even though we are clean.
1: Lord, I give you my heart, and I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me, because Lord, I give you my heart. And I give you my soul And I live for you alone Every breath that I take Every moment I'm awake Lord, have your way in me Cause Lord, I give you my heart And I give you my soul and I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me.
0: But I pray that we would just sing that as we leave here. I pray tonight before we sleep, we would sing. And that song, which is so prophetic in nature and powerful in nature and forward thinking, but is a reality for today, would be the words that define our relationship. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you and you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment that I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me, your thoughts, your ways, so we as a body can be the demonstration of your wisdom for not only one another to see and be encouraged by, but for a world to see you and glorify your name and know, as John 17 states, that they would know you were sent because of the oneness of the Spirit, in us as your church. So Lord, may we have faith to believe all things and may we pursue all things and may we set our minds on the things above where you are seated in heavenly places and may we not set our minds on the earth but on you. So, Father, we ask this by faith and through the power of your Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts and our minds in the name of the greatest name that ever has, ever is, and ever will be, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Yahweh. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.